Welcome to the History of the Bible. Here we will look to the Bible and explore the history of God's story. From the perspective that the Bible is absolute truth with events that actually happen with people that actually live. Never measuring what the Bible says and comparing it to man's theories, but always putting the theories under what the Bible says as truth. Come join us in the History of the Bible podcast. Episode 7, It's All About Isaac. We'll be covering Genesis 20 through 25 in this episode. After the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham decided to head south to the city of Gerar. This city is in the southern part of Canaan, right before the Negev Desert, just south of Gaza. Gerar is said to be in the land of the Philistines. More will be covered on the Philistines in a later episode. Here, Abraham meets the king of Gerar, Abimelech. And again, as in Egypt, Abraham said to his wife Sarah to pretend to be his sister. Just like they did in Egypt, Abraham and Sarah do it again at Gerar, thinking that the people would kill Abraham on the account of his wife. As in Egypt, the ruler of the area takes her to be his wife. It's pretty incredible that at 90 years old, Abraham thought that the people would still kill him to have her. This time, though, God steps in and confronts Abimelech for taking Sarah in a dream. But Abimelech answers God saying that he had no idea that Sarah was Abraham's wife. Both of them had told him that she was his sister. And with that, Abimelech gives Sarah back to Abraham with sheep, oxen, male and female servants, and a thousand pieces of silver, as well as open up his land to Abraham to dwell in as long as he liked. As time went on, Abimelech and his commanding officer went out to Abraham and entered into an alliance with him. In Genesis 21 verse 22, Abimelech recognizes that the Lord was with Abraham and wanted to create a covenant in which none of Abraham's descendants would do harm to Abimelech and his descendants. Just as he had shown goodwill towards Abraham, he was wanting Abraham's descendants to show that same goodwill to his descendants. They also made a covenant over water rights in the area as well. At the time, Abimelech's men had taken a well from Abraham and his servants that they had dug. Although Abimelech did not know of the situation, Abraham gave him sheep, oxen, and seven unweaned lambs as a witness that Abraham had dug the well. Therefore, the name of that place was called Beersheba, which means the well of the seven, or well. Beersheba would be the farthest south boundary of Israel, right before the Negev Desert. It was in this land in Beersheba that Sarah would conceive and bear a child in her old age. Abraham was a hundred years old and Sarah was just about ninety years old. This child had been promised to Abraham over 25 years prior to the child being born. And for those 25 years, Abraham held on to the promise that he would have an offspring and his descendants would one day possess the land that he had been a stranger in for over 25 years. The son of Abraham and Sarah was named Isaac, which means he laughs. Because both Abraham and Sarah laughed when they had heard that they would have a child in their old age. So Isaac was born and raised in the land of Gerar, and at the time Isaac was weaned, a feast was thrown for him. In Jewish tradition, when a child is weaned from their mother, a celebration or a feast is thrown for them. This celebrates the life of the child as they have made it past infancy and are now able to survive without the help of their mother feeding them. The time to wean a child in those days usually happened anywhere between the ages 2 and 5. And on that day, Isaac was celebrated. 
However, the celebration did not last long for Abraham. During the celebration, Sarah looked over and saw the two boys together. Now, it depends on the translation of the word, but some say that Ishmael was mocking, making fun of, laughing, or scoffing Isaac. But the actual translation of the word is basically Isaacing, or laughing. Although, this is the same word that is used in Genesis 26, verse 8, that proves to the king that Rebekah is Isaac's wife. Again, some translations say that Isaac was laughing with Rebekah, but this wouldn't prove to anyone that they were married. Based on the context of the word, it could mean caressing, showing endearment, or playing. Looking at the translations of the words, Ishmael was either laughing or playing with Isaac the same way Isaac would be with Rebekah. Whatever Ishmael is doing or saying to Isaac, Sarah doesn't like it and wants Abraham to remove Hagar and Ishmael from the family. That way, Isaac will be the only one to be the heir of Abraham. Abraham didn't want to send them away because Ishmael was his son. However, the Lord told Abraham that it was okay to listen to his wife in sending Hagar and Ishmael away from the family because he would cause Ishmael to become a great nation as well. Rising up early in the morning, he packed up supplies for them, some bread and water, and sent them on their way. At this point, Ishmael is probably around the age 13 or 14. As they left, Hagar and Ishmael went into the wilderness of Beersheba, which is most likely the Negev Desert. She was likely trying to get back to Egypt, from where she was from. However, their supplies wouldn't last long and Hagar placed Ishmael under a bush and she went a bow shot away and began to cry, saying that she didn't want to see the death of the boy. But as before, God shows up to Hagar and comforts her in saying that Ishmael will become a great nation in his own rights. And with that, God opens her eyes to see a well nearby so that both the boy and Hagar can drink and live. Both of them would settle down in the wilderness of Paran, which extends from Arabah Valley to the Gulf of Akuba, as well as west into the Sinai Peninsula heading towards Egypt. In Genesis 21 verse 20, it says that God was with Ishmael and he became an archer in the wilderness. Once he was of age, Hagar would bring a woman from Egypt to whom he could marry. More would be said about Ishmael and his descendants in a later episode. In Genesis 22 verse 1, it says that after all these things that God tested Abraham. Although it makes it out to seem that the story between Hagar and Ishmael being sent away and the next event happened one after the other. But that isn't the case. Abraham would stay in Beersheba for many years. And the time between the weaning of Isaac and him being offered up as a sacrifice is thought to be over 10 years or more. God calls Abraham what many people think would be impossible to offer his son Isaac as a burnt offering to the Lord. In Genesis 22 verse 2, it mentions for the first time the word love, not just the love of a mother, but that of a father. God commands Abraham to give his only beloved son, whom he loves, and offer him up to the Lord. Although Abraham did have another son, Ishmael, but since he was sent away, Isaac was his only son. Imagine the thoughts that Abraham could have been going on in his head as he is commanded to offer Isaac as a burnt offering. Because in Genesis 21 verse 12, God tells Abraham that his seed would be through Isaac. Kind of hard to have your descendants from a son that he was to offer up. 
But with that, Abraham listens to God and the next morning sets out on a journey to the land of Moriah, to a mountain which God would show him with his son and two other young men. Now the land of Moriah is not really known. Jewish tradition says that the land of Moriah is actually Jerusalem because it says that the temple of Solomon was built on Mount Moriah in 2 Chronicles 3 verse 1. This would be the only other time that Moriah is mentioned in the Bible. Based on Samaritan's tradition, it wasn't Jerusalem at all, but was associated with Shechem, which is near where Abraham lived when he first moved into the land of Canaan before he went down to Egypt. Other scholars believe that Moriah was actually Mount Sinai, in which Moses would later receive the law of God on top of it. No one really knows where it is, because the word Moriah has so many different meanings. It could mean the land of worship, the land of the Amorites, the lofty country, as well as the land that I will show you. It took Abraham and his group three days to reach the mountain that God showed him. Once he saw the mountain off in the distance, Abraham told the two servants to stay while him and his son went up to worship on top of the mountain. Abraham then placed the wood for the fire onto Isaac and had him carry it to the top. The age of Isaac isn't mentioned in the Bible, but he is over the age of five because he had already been weaned. He is old enough to take a three-day journey and carry the wood for the burnt offering to the top of the mountain. But based on the age of Sarah when she dies, Isaac couldn't be older than 36 or 37. It is also known that he wasn't a young boy that some may think because of the Hebrew word that is used to refer to him. The word boy that is used to refer to Isaac in the Bible is a word that can be translated many ways. Not only could it mean young boy, but also baby, young man, servant, or even junior officer. This word would also be the same that is used to refer to his other two servants that were on the journey with him. And though his age isn't known, some scholars have placed Isaac's age at 18 to 20, 25, and even 33. This would mean that Abraham wasn't sacrificing a little boy, but rather a young man. As the two of them traveled up the mountainside, Isaac noticed something was missing, the lamb for the burnt offering. He asked his father about the lamb, to which Abraham replied that God would provide for himself a lamb for the burnt offering. Once they had arrived at the place which God showed Abraham, they built an altar. In Genesis 22 verse 9, it says that after the wood was placed on the altar, Abraham bound up Isaac and laid him on top of the wood to be killed. And as he reached out to pick up the knife, the angel of the Lord called out to Abraham telling him to stop because he no longer needed to sacrifice Isaac. God knew that the fear of him was greater than the love for his son because he didn't withhold his son from God. With that then, God provides a ram for the sacrifice caught in the thistles nearby. And instead of offering his son as a burnt offering, the ram was given instead. After the sacrifice, Abraham renames the mountain as the Lord will provide. And because there was no one greater to swear by, the Lord speaks to Abraham again saying that by himself he swears to Abraham that his descendants would be great in number. But the Lord gives him a new promise. It says in Genesis 22 verse 17, that his descendants would possess the gate of their enemies and that every nation would be blessed through him because he obeyed God. The event of Abraham being called to sacrifice his son sounds like a crazy thing for God to ask of anybody. But the event has so many foreshadowing portrayals of Jesus coming down and dying for our sin. As Isaac was Abraham's beloved son that he loved so much, so Jesus was the beloved son of God. 
The three-day journey of Abraham and Isaac has connections to the three days that Jesus would be dead. Just like Isaac was given the wood to carry up the mountain that would be used for his own death, Christ too carried his cross up the mountain to his own death. What sometimes can be passed over is the prophetic word that Abraham gave Isaac on the way up to the mountaintop. Isaac asked about the lamb for the sacrifice, that Abraham said that God would provide himself a lamb. God gave Abraham a ram, not a lamb. This is very important in the sense that if God had given him a lamb, then the prophecy would be fulfilled. But God didn't. This meant that Abraham gave a word for a later time that God would provide the ultimate lamb, the Lamb of God. Not only this, but the mountain itself is important too. If the mountain that God led them to was Jerusalem, Mount Moriah that the temple was built on, then the same mountain that Isaac was to be sacrificed on is the same mountain that Jesus would pay the ultimate sacrifice. Where Jesus was crucified at, called the Place of Skull, sits at the top of Mount Moriah. The ram was caught in the thistles by his head. Jesus had a crown of thistles placed onto his head. Also, if Isaac was a young man rather than a little boy, he could have easily overpowered his father that was well past 100 years old. Therefore, it is thought that Isaac willingly submitted himself to his father's will, just like Jesus submitted himself to the father when he said in Luke 22 verse 42, Not my will, but yours be done. And with that, the Lord saying that through Abraham's descendants, every nation would be blessed also points to the coming of Jesus through his lineage. Then Abraham and Isaac went back down the mountain, rejoined with his two servants, and made the three-day journey back to Beersheba. Sometime after that, Abraham would move back to Hebron and the land of Canaan where the Hittites lived. This is the same place that Abraham was living when Lot and him split up. Lot went towards the Jordan Valley, and Abraham went to Hebron. The people that lived in Hebron were descendants of Heath, the son of Canaan, who would later become the Hittite. In Hebron, this is where Sarah would die, at the age of 127. After mourning the loss of his wife, Abraham goes to the city in order to buy a place from the locals so that he could bury Sarah. He would eventually purchase a field from Ephron, the Hittite, for 400 shekels of silver. A shekel was about 0.4 ounces. In today's money, that would be about 4,000 U.S. dollars. The cave was in the field of Machpelah, and it would be called the Cave of Machpelah. This would be the first land that Abraham owned in the Promised Land. The field would be important even to this day as Abraham, his wife, Sarah, are buried in this cave, making it a holy place for both the Jews and Muslims. However, Isaac and his wife, as well as Jacob and his wife, are all buried there as well. After the death of Sarah, Abraham took himself another wife named Keturah, although some debate if she was his wife at all. She may have just been his concubine, or a concubine that would later become his wife after the death of Sarah. Even if she became the wife of Abraham, she wouldn't hold the same honor and respect that Sarah had. Keturah would give birth to six more sons to Abraham giving him a total of eight different sons. They were called Zimran, Jokshan, Midian, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. However, like Ishmael, they would be sent east away from Isaac because all that he owned would be passed to him. The other six kids would be sent away with just gifts. These sons would settle on both the east and west side of the Gulf of Akuba in the northern part of the Red Sea, 
in what is now called the Sinai Peninsula and the Arabian Peninsula. One of these sons, Midian, would come up later on through his descendants that would be later on called the Midianites. More will be on them in another episode. Ishmael too would later come up as he had 12 sons that would all settle in the northern part of the Arabian Peninsula, from Havilah to Shur. His sons were Kedar, Adabil, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hadad, Tima, Jeter, Napish, and Kadama. Each one of them would become a ruler of a different village in the Arabian Peninsula. Some translations say that these 12 sons were the founders of the 12 tribes that were named after them. The descendants of Ishmael would later become known as the Arabs, which means nomad. Nomad just means a group of people that have no permanent residence but continue moving around in a specific location. Muhammad, the founder of Islam, claims to be a descendant of Ishmael. It is thought that the descendants of Ishmael and the other six sons of Abraham would mix together all within this region. After the death of Sarah, Abraham sought to find a wife for his son Isaac. Therefore, Abraham asked his oldest, most trusted servant, which was probably Eliezer of Damascus, that was going to inherit Abraham's inheritance if he didn't have any sons, to make him a promise. Abraham asks his servant to place his hand under Abraham's thigh and promise him that he would not search for a wife among the Canaanite women, but go back to his father's household and bring back a woman for Isaac from his family. Asking the question, the servant said if the woman was not willing to come back with him, should he bring back Isaac to the woman? But Abraham did not want Isaac to leave the land that was promised to him and his descendants. If the woman wasn't willing to come back, Abraham told the servant that he was released from the promise. And with that, the servant placed his hand under Abraham's thigh and gave his promise to do this mission for Abraham. Now, it may seem a little weird that the servant would place his hand under Abraham's thigh to make this promise. Today, we can see that a lot of oaths are taken with their hand raised or a hand placed on the Bible. The same thing can be said about placing the hand under the thigh. This wouldn't be the only time that this type of oath would be done. It can also be seen in Genesis 47 verse 29 when Jacob asks his son to bury him in the cave of Machpelah, where Abraham and Sarah are laid. Both of these oaths were in regard to family matters. This type of oath could mean a couple of different things. In the ancient world, the thigh was thought to be a source of all future generations, and it could be translated that the thigh was actually the loins, or testicles. Abraham could have had his servant place his hand under Abraham's loins to promise to bring a wife back to Isaac. There's a couple of reasons why Abraham would have this done. The first is that the promise of the nations being blessed would be through the seed of Abraham. Therefore, doing this oath would be him swearing on the seed of Abraham that he would find a wife for Isaac from his father's household. Another reason is that the sign of covenant of God was circumcision. Just as many today would swear on the Bible, they would swear on the sign of the covenant. This wasn't just found in the Hebrew culture, though. Other ancient cultures did this type of oath as well. What's interesting, the word for testify is thought to have a direct relation to the word testicles. Therefore, taking up the mission to fulfill his promise to Abraham, the servant prepared a group of travelers to take the journey back to the land of his father's household to find a wife for Isaac just as Abraham asked. 
So join us next time as we look at the journey of a servant to bring back a wife for Isaac and their marriage together that would bring forth twins that would grow up with quite the sibling rivalry. In episode 8, my sons, Harry and Heelcatcher. Thanks for listening to the History of the Bible podcast. Go ahead and rate and review it and for ways to give feedback or to let us know how this podcast has impacted you, check out the links in the show notes. Also, be sure to tell your friends and family about the show. Thanks. Until next time, remember that you are loved, special, and worthwhile.